السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين بإذن الله today we'll be speaking about a very important topic when we look at it it's the, the very first part of revelation that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم received spoke about this topic and that is the topic of reading Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shaykhana, how are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, very well. Alhamdulillah. We hope everybody else who's following are all well. Inshallah, everybody is, you know, progressing through these uh, rather challenging times, inshallah. Shaykhana, today we want to speak about a topic that's extremely important, a topic spoken about in the deen. A topic that's actually people who the current situation we're living in, it's a very important topic to speak about also, and that is the topic of reading. When we look in Revelation, we find that the very first word Rasulullah received, or that the very first word that was revealed to him was Iqra, which means read. Obviously, this is speaking about him reciting the Quran. Allah orders him to read Iqra, Ismi Khalaq in the name of the one or the Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who created. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then encourages him or orders him to read more, to learn more, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If there's anything we derive from this, I think we can derive quite a few things. The importance of reading. The very first word of revelation is to read. And one of the reasons why we read is so we can increase in knowledge we read the Quran so we know who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know him by his names, by his attributes. And the whole quality or the whole, uh, you know, passing your time, should I say, or shouldn't say passing your time, but being involved in reading that which is beneficial, especially the Quran, especially the Sunnah, is an ibadah in, its, in and of itself. Yes, absolutely. And I think this is the way man has progressed in a lot of uh, spheres of uh, society, etc., or, or life. So it's the way that we find people learned of other cultures, other ways of doing things. They progressed and, uh, you know, expanded through this type of reading that was there. Uh, previously, we wouldn't have such connectivity that we do today. So the, the best way to do that was to, to read different books that were out there. And uh, I think that's why there's so much benefit from reading. Yes, in the very same surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Iqra' wa rabbukal akram. Basically, ordering the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the order is for him. The order is for all of us also. He says, read, and your Lord is, you know, most generous, most kind. And well, ilmu indallah, that shows that a person who reads, who has the correct intention, who wants to learn more, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant him more. He then says, bilqalam, the one who taught with the pen. Also, when it comes to writing, it's extremely important. Yes, we did speak about reading the Quran and Sunnah, reading anything that's of benefit. A question then arises, how should somebody read? Because there's so many people who read as a leisure or as a hobby or as a pastime. There's others who read wanting to learn. I think when you want to read, obviously you have to look at your intention. Why are you reading? We're not saying it's wrong to read as, as a leisure or as pastime or as a hobby. But sometimes if you are reading with a purpose, you then benefit much more than as if you were just reading to pass time. Yes, absolutely. With a purpose at, at hand, I think it's important because 
many people, like you mentioned, we just read for the sake of reading. Uh, we want to gain information and learn. And uh, sometimes it's just a pastime, uh, especially on, on your phone when you're just scrolling through things and, you know, aimlessly going through stuff. You're not actually gaining something or you're not going in with a purpose at hand that this is what I'm going to get from it and this is how I'm going to benefit from it. So what you mentioned is, is of utmost importance, uh, which is reading with a purpose. Shekhan, I know you yourself from when you were very young, you were always a reader. Maybe if you could tell us a little bit about how you read, what helped you to read? Because if I look at myself, for example, I only really started reading anything after the age of 20. Before that, I must have read three or four books in my life. And uh, I think obviously you've read much more. So maybe you could speak uh, to us about it and how you carried on reading. What got you started? Why did you read? What kept you going? Allah, you know, it's interesting you say that you started uh, from the age of 20 or so. Uh, we, we really started reading because previously I, I would read a lot and I spent the bulk of my teens reading. I'd read anything and everything because I was just a bookworm. I loved reading. You know, it was something for me, it was an escape. You know, I'd leave the realm of my environment by reading. So I'd go into different areas and into uh, sometimes I'd read novels that were fictional. So they'd take you out of the space that you're in. So it was an escape from, not to say that I had something very bad to escape from, but it was just an escape, a change of, of scene, so to speak. So, and what I found amazing is that when I read, I develop an imagination of that particular place, time, people, things that are there, that is completely different to a person that's reading the same, another person that's reading the same book. So it gave me, you know, a fantastic ability to travel without having traveled, to be somewhere else without having uh, to actually be there. So I did start like this, but eventually you find as I, I went to study in Medina, we started reading Arabic books. And I remember there was a time where uh, Sheikh Ismail, our, you know, Mufti, he was telling me that, you know, read newspapers. And I pick up the newspaper and try to read the newspaper, even though I was still studying the Arabic language. So that, that was my initial thing with reading. But then I eventually, the, the phone and the mobile, the advent of the mobile phone actually influenced me a lot. So I started reading a lot more online and a lot less of books, etc. So even when it was a traditional book, I'd look through it online, I'd find it on Google, PDF, something, I'd go through it, and then I'd be reading it online. Uh, obviously, your studies, you do them, your studies with Mashaikh, you'll be reading from normal books, but, uh, you know, ordinary pages, etc., with ink and uh, that, that type of thing. But I think the mobile phone influenced me a lot to start now watching more of YouTube videos and uh, etc. And now of late, I've been going back to my reading uh, from texts. So it's just been a whole rigmarole for me, so to speak, yes. When it comes to your reading, do you have these days like a specific time or do you want to cover a number of pages, whether it's during the day or during the week, maybe your, your method? Actually, I, I, I don't have a specific uh, method at the moment because, you know, time doesn't allow. So I'll just be very busy. 
And whenever I get a chance, if I get a chance to read through something, I'll go through it, read it, and not specifically only Islamic books. So of late, I've been reading a book called The History of Beekeeping. And uh, it's got, you know, it's a very interesting book because it's fictional, but it's based on what the person thinks will be the future, what, what, what was the past, and that's reality, but they've based it on a fictional character. And then the current beekeeping uh, reality, and then what it's going to be like in 2090. So it's a very, very interesting take on things. And this person is of the opinion that bees will be extinct completely, completely. And people will have to literally pollinate plants with feathers. You know, they'll pick up a feather and go and put it into some pollen and then go to the trees and pollinate the plants. So they'll be doing the work of bees because bees would have long been extinct because of the behavior of man on earth. So I find it very, very interesting because it's a, it's a different take altogether. You know, you mentioned about reading. When we look at the scholars who came before also, we find, yes, obviously they spoke Arabic, and we find that sometimes they read in the books of Adam. So Adam, not talking about etiquette, books of poetry, uh, things that were just to do in Arabic language, a lot of the times to improve their own Arabic to learn more words, so they have, whether it's muallaqat or whatever it may be, they would read and memorize these things. And that was to improve their language, to improve their vocabulary. So they have many more words when they come to speaking a few things. Also, when it comes to understanding the previous texts, so the Arabic language, as we all know, it's evolved over time. So what we refer to, some words we refer to today have a, a meaning that was different to the meaning before. So... I think it's important for us as Muslims, even students of knowledge, we read, even if it's not something that's Islamic as per se, but you try to improve your vocab, you try to improve your words, you try to understand a lot more. And I think that's of benefit. And the previous scholars also did that. Shekhna, what about you? Like, uh, what do you read? I know you're an avid reader. You also uh, listen to a lot of podcasts, etc. What, what do you do? Well, as I told you, when I was younger, I didn't read much. I think I, I think I can safely say, okay, before the age of 18, I must have read three books, I think. And uh, obviously, after going to Medina, learning a bit of Arabic, I said, okay, I want to start reading. So I remember one of the holidays, whether it was the first or the second, I brought home Tafsir ibn Kathir and a few other books. And I said, right, I'll start reading. Now, we were still learning the Arabic language at the very beginning. So it's those who know it's very difficult to read a lot. So you find you'll be reading 15, 20 minutes and you haven't really passed the first page. Also, when you're reading a different language, at the very beginning, you want to know every word, which I think is a mistake. You should know the gist of the sentence and move on. Eventually, you'll get it. At the beginning, if you're learning a language and you try to know every single word that you're reading, you won't pass three lines. So after that, I used to read a lot. Uh, I tried to start reading, develop a habit in reading. Thereafter, a few years passed, my Arabic became a bit better, and I started reading more tafsir, Sahih al-Bukhari. For example, the Hadith podcast was something not planned. So I had been reading in Sahih al-Bukhari for about three years. And what I also read, something very interesting, is that I read one of the scholars, he, as far as I know, it's Ibn Badran. He said that when you read a book, you must read it in such a way that you must feel that you'll never get back to it. I so take everything you need to one time and imagine that book will be taken away from you forever and you won't get anything back. So I remember when I first started, I said, you know what, 
I used to write on pieces of paper. So I used to write my summary. I used to write this. And I said, eventually what I'll do is I'll take these summaries and summarize them more, you know, do tanqih or put them a bit more in order and type them out. Then after a while, I thought that, you know what, I'm adding extra steps here. I'm wasting my time summarizing on a paper and then summarizing on the internet because I really want it. So what I said is that, okay, now when I read a book, I'll have my book open and whatever I want to summarize, I'm writing in my email drafts. So this was a bit before Google Documents and that thing. And then once one day I lost my drafts, a few of my drafts, and they all went. So then uh, one of the brothers told me that, no, use Google Documents. So these days when I read any book I try to read, I've got my book open uh, and I've got my Google Documents open. So anything I see of benefit, I write it. I've got a, another folder, which is just about fawaid. Anything of benefit I read during the day, I try to write it and reference it. Because so many times, I'm more of the type who's, who, who's a bit more lazy on this side, where in terms of writing down, and I say, no, I'll remember this. I'll never forget it. I'll remember it. Three days later, I can't remember. I can't remember it. Or I can't remember it the way I read it. So sometimes you read something and you have a certain feeling. You come up with something. And then you forget later on. So I, I try to document that. Also, when it comes to reading, before I, I used to believe a lot in reading the actual book, having the physical copy. But uh, seeing, you know, how technology has progressed, these days I mainly read off a device. I really read. I do have a lot of books, but they're obviously packed away. You want to ship them. So I started, I made a habit to read on a device, whether it's the phone, whether it's an iPad, anything. And I've got Google Documents open somewhere. So, for example, if I'm reading Sahih al-Bukhari, I try to read a little bit. This hadith, I want to speak about it. I write the number. Even Sahih al-Bukhari, I, I don't read in, in the book now because my books are packed. So I read on the app. There's an app called Jami' al-Kutub al-Tis'ah, where the nine books of hadith. They've put them all and you can bookmark it. You can write your notes. So I just write the number of the hadith, what's it speaking about and what I want to say about it. So I've got a few collections like that. And then I try to read slowly. Off late of the last week or two, I've heard a lot of people speak about audio books, and I always believed it not to be reading. They say we, we read a book, i.e. we listen to the audio book. And I was reluctant, but then I slowly started. So I'm on my second audio book. I, I think the beauty is you can play it on twice the speed, and you just sit with your notepad. So anything of benefit, you write it down, you write it down, you write it down, your Google Documents. And yeah, I think that's where I've progressed. So these days I read, I try to read in the Quran. Obviously, I'm interested in tafsir or tadabbur, so to speak, specifically. And then in hadith, I try to get a few hadith every day in Sahih al-Bukhari. Because if you look in Bukhari, there's about 6,000 odd hadith, which have been, you know, he mentions a hadith. He also repeats the same hadith at times, three, four, five times during the book. So there's about 6,000 and if you read uh, only 10 a day, you would take 600 days to read it. That's almost two years. So I think that uh, if we want to cover that, we, we have to have some sort of uh, program in place, not to say I'm the best at seeking to any program, but you try. But what I noticed is of most benefit for myself is that when I'm reading, if I write down the little that I benefited from, I can always reference it. Because so many times when you're reading a book on one page, you'll come across three or four or five or ten things of benefit. And you get to the next page and the next page, we forget. And then you say that, you know what, ah, I read this somewhere. Where did I read it? You're not really sure. So yeah, I think that's how we've progressed. Well, mashallah, you've uh, got a really in-depth uh, 
way of reading and you know writing you've given us a lot of depth into how you uh, read and you write down your notes etc i think people can really benefit from this because most of us so i, I can't speak for others but i can say for myself uh, safely that i'll read solely to generally grow my knowledge you know and to understand and i'll remember part of what i've read etc so i think i can learn from this as well where you you read and you write uh, of course we've we've heard of this before but this is a very practical uh, explanation from you as to how to go about it i think it can it can work for me as well i mean somebody else might have a different methodology but it's something that i can really put into practice because i i fully agree with you where you say that uh you've read something and within 2 3 days you've forgotten it completely at times even posts i'll come up with them uh at a particular time and i'll think impossible i can forget this and literally about 4 5 hours down the line you're thinking okay it was about that but what was it exactly uh because so much has happened in between that you know that's now out of your mind so i think this is very very important or what you mentioned uh, of reading it like you never going to come back to it again uh, absolutely 100% yes and also sometimes i do have some books that i'll read just for the sake of reading for the sake of growing for the sake of getting the idea so i've got books i'm reading for example i've got books i want to study so to say this books i want to take out benefit this books i just want to know what's going on and there's one sheikh i remember who mentioned before one day i heard his lesson and he said whenever you open a book try to read the introduction so it tells you about the book what they speaking about and i always found i always found myself skipping through this first part and he said one of the reasons is if you read it you know what the author is going to tell you later on generally they say that okay we're going to mention this 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 or this is our methodology when writing so instead of you for example uh, saying that oh this author didn't cover everything in the sira but if you read the introduction he would have told you that he's only going to mention it in brief and is only going to mention certain parts of it so it gives you a head start also knowing who wrote the book is of of benefit when they lived roughly not only as general knowledge but also the circumstances they lived in another important thing you touched on is that with now audio books podcasts try, try to listen to that that which is beneficial i remember on my commute when i used to drop off uh, my wife to school generally going and coming and then going again to pick up and coming back i think that was my time to listen to podcasts so now it's holidays i haven't really re- listened to much but i i found that i grew a lot and the funny thing is that uh, none of the podcasts i listened to were islamic podcasts so to say <laughs> but i was reading other islamic books listening to islamic lessons etc but i think uh, i've got to a stage in life where i truly believe that we have to gather between the two before i wasn't more like that but now i really believe that it's important to gather between the two the two because wherever you look whether you look at the sira whether you look at khulafa rashidun you find that they gathered between the two but the difference between them and a person who's living for this world is they used it as a means it wasn't they do all and be all and they go so to say but it's important yes absolutely 
Absolutely, 100%. Uh, I, I agree with you on that part where we've got to join the two, bring the two together. Uh, and together you will be able to lead your life in a correct and good manner. And uh, yeah, what I love about the fact that uh, you, you were talking about audio books as well. This is something that someone who doesn't like to physically read, uh, you know, a book or scroll through the, 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 the book on online, etc., they, they can actually benefit from this. So listening to the book itself, if they're lazy, so to speak, to, to pick up a book and read and uh, they, they're just lying in bed or they're going somewhere, they can put, plug it in, listen to the audio book and, and you benefit so much from it because you listen to the person's expression, the way they come across, uh, how they come to a full stop, etc. There's so much to learn uh, and so many different ways to learn today. You know, speaking about audiobooks, I came up with this thing. I don't know if somebody else has already come up with it, but this was my theory. I was looking to learn another language, in fact, to teach the Arabic language, and then looking myself to learn another language. I was thinking of learning Chinese. But uh, I, I thought, I sat and I thought hard, and I said that we have, we call them the five senses. So obviously you can see and you can hear and you can smell, you can taste and you can touch. Now. I think Allah knows best, but the more senses you're able to incorporate when you're trying to learn something new, it, it speeds up your learning process. So if you're only listening, then obviously you'll be getting it through one side. But then if, you, if you're only reading, it's only one side. But if you gather between the two, so whatever you, you read, you try to write it down. And then whatever you write down, you try to teach it. They say that whatever you teach, because remember when you're teaching, when you have to prepare for something, you've prepared, whatever you've prepared, let's say it's 100%, you're only going to teach about 5 or 10%, right? The rest is for you. So you always have to learn much more before you teach. Then when you teach, you teach once, you teach twice, you teach thrice. Even in you won't forget. So I thought that when somebody is learning a new language, they must try and incorporate as many of these senses as they can. So they must try to listen and read and see and look and, well, it's hard to taste the language, but anyway. Then I thought really in depth and I said, is it possible for somebody to learn a language in 24 hours or in one week or in one month? And after that, I came across a few people who tried it. And what I found, I think it's possible and why to learn a language in a week or in a month, 30 days is fair. Why? Because if you look at a language, you're not going to learn everything in one month. You look at the specific thing you want to learn about. So if you look at, for example, you're into business and you wanted to learn Chinese because you wanted to see a few things in business. So let's say you're not going to learn the, the writing part or the reading part, you want to learn the speaking part. There's roughly a thousand words you need to know. Now, I'm, I'm totally against memorizing words. There's people who do it, that's their method. I more believe if you take the word, use it three, four, five times in different sentences, then it will stick. But if you memorize only what good is the word. So I thought that if somebody takes uh, these words relating to business or relating to something else, and they learn this language, get a few words, so they'll need to know a few numbers. They'll need to know how to ask certain questions. Those thousand, thousand words in Chinese or whatever other language it is, I think, even in love with practice, within one month, you'll be able to speak decently. That's why if you go on holiday anywhere, or if you visit anywhere for a week or two weeks, you already start picking up the local language, whether it's a few greetings or whether it's a few numbers or whether it's a, 
asking a few questions because you're in that environment already. So that's what I thought. I haven't yet tried it, but uh, inshallah, maybe I'll try it one day. Inshallah, I, I fully agree with that. Uh, you know, experiencing the language will help you learn it faster than, you know, just uh, simply reading about it or trying to memorize certain phrases. Uh, and th this is what I found when studying Arabic as well. We had studied a lot of it, uh, you know, by text, and we knew what the text had to say, etc. We could read it and understand it, but I couldn't speak it. And when I went to Medina, initially I was very shy to speak. Uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, engage in discussion, fearing that I'd make a mistake. And then I remember, I don't know what got me out of my shell, but I started speaking to different people and making mistakes, and they would correct me. And there was one incident where I was standing in a queue to, to buy some coupons or something of that nature, and, and I made a mistake and everybody laughed. And I said, no, that's good. You know, that, that's excellent because the fact that they laughed taught me as well uh, that this year, and that, that word, I, I never forgot that this is how I'm supposed to say it. So I think what you've mentioned of experiencing it is absolutely important. Uh, you, you can learn with different senses, your, your eyes, your ears, touch, etc. And like you said, I don't know how you can uh, taste a language, but yes, uh, subhanAllah, there's, there's a lot. Maybe if you taste their food and then you learn the name of the food, etc., it can teach you, teach you as well. So yeah, there's, there's so much beyond the book that you can do uh, to, to learn a language, yeah. You know what I found that when, when, you, when you immerse yourself in trying to learn something of benefit, whether it's a language, whether it's something else, you find the world then becomes an abundant place. You forget the fact that time is going too slowly. You forget the fact that you're depressed or sad or everything is going wrong in the world. In fact, you'll find that you've got no time. You just want to do this and this and this and this and everything. And you find that, uh, subhanAllah, life is, is, is uh, enjoyable, so to say. Enjoyable, it has a bit of uh, a stress to achieve something, but it's enjoyable. And since we were talking about the Arabic language, maybe inshallah next week we could uh, speak about it, your journey, how you learned the Arabic, how we learned Arabic. Maybe it could be of benefit to others, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah, Sheikhana. Uh, I think there's been a lot of good uh, points that you've mentioned here as well. Alhamdulillah. We, we there's a lot of people who follow of different ages. There's those who read. There's those who don't read. Uh, would you encourage somebody, at, obviously you would, but whether they're 12 years old or much older, those who are not reading, what would your advice be to them? You know, I, th I think the best way to do this would be to put aside the phone. Honestly speaking, I, I see a lot of, a lot more harm coming out of the phone for the youth than there is benefit because what it does to you and especially with the feed on social media is you you shortening the time span that you can concentrate for. So it's a very short time span, uh, 10 second video, 15 second video, one minute video, two minutes is already too long. So what happens is you creating a situation where your mind has to be constantly stimulated in order for you to be focused. Whereas with reading, you, you're going to re reach portions where you won't really want to read it, you'll want to, but you'll go through it because you enjoy the process. It's a long process, but it's beautiful. The outcome is a lot more beneficial. You come out feeling 
elated. You come out feeling positive, like you've achieved something. Whereas when you're online and you're just scrolling, I think it trains the mind to be constantly stimulated. And then unfortunately, you don't actually uh, enjoy reading, you know. And, um, you know, yeah, subhanAllah, I wanted to say something, but let's, let's leave that on one side, uh, possibly. So it's, it's more you mentioned that I read a lot. Yeah, I read a lot off the phone and off the device. And I found so many times if there's a notification, then it, even if you don't go into it, it breaks your train of thought. So sometimes it's good to have it on, you know, flight mode or whatever, if you're reading on a device. But you can also read, uh, for example, blog posts or uh, something small of benefit. That's why I was reading somebody. He said that uh, podcasting is the new blogging and blogs came from books. So if you look at a book that's this big, then a blog is like each chapter. And from there, you've got uh, your Instagram posts, for example. Three Instagram posts will make your blog post. So obviously, you've got to read that, which is of uh, benefit. Not to say you, you don't, you can't pass time in something that's permissible. You can, but also try to build yourself. Uh, somebody who's trying to read, I would say that obviously, try to read something, try to gather between the two. So take something. Islamic, as well as something that will be of benefit to you, something that will benefit you, whether it's in your deen or your dunya. So you can be reading the Quran or the tafsir of the Quran or translation of the Quran. Give yourself one page a day, half a page a day, three verses a day. Slowly you'll find that you will be able to build up. Also uh, have something of benefit. So let's say you're a doctor or you're a psychologist or whatever you may be, whether it's in your field or something outside, Develop your skill. There's some universal skills that we all need when it comes to speaking, when it comes to interacting with others, when it comes to reading other people's, you know, the, the way they're behaving and how to deal with them. Those are all skills that are universal. We all need to learn them. Uh, along with that, you try to have some sort of accountability. Don't make it a chore or a burden, but say that, you know what, I've got to get through so much or I've got to read a little bit. Let's say not the result. Let's say we don't need to get through a page or two pages a day. I need to read for three minutes a day or five minutes a day. I tell you something interesting. I was listening to the founder of uh, one of the big banks in the world, investment bank, a few, a few weeks ago. And he said that he came up with the idea that, you know what, he wanted to do this, take on this project. And he said, so I said every day, what will I do for the next so long? I will concentrate five minutes a day on this project. So he says that he put his alarm for five o'clock from five o'clock to five zero five was time for concentration on this project. He said every day he did it. And after that, obviously, this is the project he's got. So it was very interesting to see and to read and to listen to that. Sometimes it's not how much time you put in. I may read a book where I've already finished the book and I've got maybe three pieces of benefit. You may read the first page and take three different pieces of benefit. So it's it's not really the how much it's what you actually taking away yes absolutely uh and the five minute rule really works you know uh you spend five minutes on it and eventually you'll end up spending more and you know that mental block also is something where people feel like it needs to be a, a an occasion for me to start reading like okay i'm going to set aside this time this date i'm going to sit and start reading don't do that. Don't make it something like it's too big for, for you to achieve. Rather, when you, you, when you simplify it and make it such that, okay, let me see what this book has to say and read one, two pages, like you mentioned, 
you start with one, two pages and put it down. Maybe the next day you pick it up again and read some more. You'll find yourself naturally increasing and getting better and better at it. Whereas, and the same goes for Toba. You know, people set aside a date. No, I'll, I'll, I'll make Toba on this date. I'll make Toba on that. Don't, don't do that. Just do it immediately and, and keep going, keep going and building on it. And then that's, that way you're, you're actually achieving and inculcating something into your life positive. Uh, very quickly. Shekhinah, we've obviously spoken about the reading part, and the reading part is more the learning of things, so whether it's Islamic knowledge, whether it's whatever it may be, and that's good. However, sometimes when people get too much into reading, they then go down, so they say, the rabbit hole, or they carry on going. They just want to learn and learn and learn and learn, and there's no practice, or there's no trying out what you've learned. Obviously, there is a balance. What, what would you say about this balance of actually learning a new concept and when, the time when you learn it and the time you try it out? Or how do you balance your time in terms of or how would somebody balance their time when it comes to learning something and, and doing it? Yes, absolutely. With uh, Islamic knowledge, I think it's important to remember that you've got to implement what you learn. Uh, because, you know, the, the, the famous saying of Ali radiallahu anhu, where he says, That knowledge is connected to uh, practicing on it. Because if you don't respond to that and you don't actually practice on it, it will leave you, it will travel, it will go away. So when you don't practice upon what you've learned, then ultimately that knowledge will leave you. But, you know, in, in other spheres of life, you won't always be able to practice on what you're reading. But at the same time, try to benefit from it and inculcate whatever you can into your life. And what is bad, leave it out. And don't go too in-depth into something because, like you said, it becomes a rabbit hole where you just want to learn and learn and learn. And then the end is no longer of benefit. It's just to to read, to learn. That's it. I don't want to actually implement this. It's not going to benefit me or anyone. I just need to know because I need to know. That, that becomes, it can become a serious problem for a person where they become too engulfed into their books. And then, again, it creates this disconnect between theory and reality uh, at times, especially when you're studying Islamic books, you're reading, and people are, you know, uh, you, you, they, it's all about principles, do and don't do. And you, you just keep reading, 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 and you think that, okay, this is how life will be. And then when you come into reality and you try to see what's going on, there's a serious disconnect because you've never, ever tried to implement that. So I think when you've learned something, try to implement it, learn something, try to implement it, see how it works in, in reality as well. And then you'll get an idea as to how to marry uh, the two together. It's important that well, what you mentioned, that somebody must try to gather between the two, marry between the two. Otherwise, it eventually becomes your, your knowledge, whether it's deen or dunya. In Islam, everything, any knowledge you learned is supposed to be practiced upon. That's why it's always ilm and amal. And after you've learned, obviously, uh, you also teach others da'wah. So that's very important to mention. And so many times, or a lot of times, I think, is that when it comes to any specific science, obviously, if you're reading about it or learning about it for the first time, and Islamic studies is a little bit different in the sense that we would tell you if you're starting out, if you go and read the books, there's a lot of things that you're not going to understand. You'll understand wrongly. 
try to learn from somebody who's already learned. And after that, slowly you can start reading more in-depth or a little bit more in-depth. As for when you're starting off and you just want to learn from the books, then that's, uh, that's not really the way of seeking knowledge or the, the way recommended by most, if not all, scholars that start off with a sheikh, especially if you know nothing. Learn from him. And more important than learning his knowledge is learn his adab, the way he speaks, the way he carries himself, the way he deals with people who differ with him, etc. And you learn that adab, and slowly you learn your knowledge. So it's extremely important for us to know these things, to gather between learning, practicing upon, and inviting others towards goodness, any good principles. Uh, Sheikh is there anything else you'd like to mention? No, I think... Uh... It's, it's good that we had this live. It was a good session, beneficial, alhamdulillah. Uh, someone did mention, are there any audio books, Islamic audio books that they can listen to? And uh, I can't seem to remember any, to be honest with you, or having, I can't remember having come across any. So I don't know if you can mention, uh, if you can benefit us. Uh, besides the recordings of the Quran, uh, I don't know of any others, especially in English. There must be. There surely is out there. Uh, you can check whether it's the Audible or the Amazon Kindle and see where there's audio books. Maybe listen to a bit and see. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure currently with that. Yes, yes. Jazakallah khair. I mean, we, uh, inshallah, maybe next week we can speak about uh, the Arabic language or unless we think of something else yes i think that's a good topic inshallah uh let's talk about it a lot of people are interested in learning so it will uh, be of benefit inshallah Sheikh <clears throat> i think that's all we've got to say for today there was one more thing i wanted to mention is that somebody who wants to start reading you will go through difficulty it will be hard there will be times especially if you're not into the habit of reading there's a time where you read half a page and it will be too much there's a time where I find a lot where I'll sit with a book, two, three days, I'll read half of it or almost to the end, and then I just leave it. I, I don't end up finishing it. And as you spoke about it before, it's, it's a mental block. If you miss a day or you miss a target, and then you, you don't really want to visit that thing. And I think you just have to force yourself, whether it's a three-minute rule, five-minute rule, I'll just go and read for a few minutes, and even you find you'll carry on. Otherwise... It happens to everybody. You do find that difficulty. Uh, you carry on. Don't burden yourself that it becomes a burden. You're just trying to learn something of benefit. If you learn just one thing of benefit every day, by the end of the year, you will have 365 new things that not only did you benefit, you could have practiced upon and also taught others. Absolutely. Jazakallah khair. It was lovely being on the live with you. And inshallah, see you next week, Sheikh. Bismillah, barakallahu fikum. Inshallah, we see you next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.